0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So again, we are back in our premarital class, and I believe this is week five, and we're talking about dating on purpose. And and let me start this by by saying this as well. You know, in dating, a lot of people like to put what they expect on God. They put their expectations on God. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer. God, this is what I want. This is what I expect for you to give me. And, and, and this goes back to that illustration I gave last, last, uh, last week when I was talking about my niece with that avocado seed. You know, she has an expectation for it. You know, and she sees a little bit. She's ready to go for it with it. But listen, God says, this is, listen, I, I put the seed there. Let me preserve the seed. Let me nurture it. Let me let, allow it to grow so that it can bring forth the proper fruit in the proper season. So don't, don't put your expect When it comes to dating, especially, and, you know, especially people that are looking to get married, don't put your expectations on God. When you put your expectations on God, you limit Him what He can do in your life because His expectations go far beyond what you expect. So don't put your expectations on Him. Abide with Him. Trust Him in every season. And I say that to say we have to trust him in our season of dating. We have to give ourselves away, give it over, lay it down, look, conform completely to what he says. Listen attentively, conform completely to what he says in this area of our lives. So we can be complete, so that we can bring forth fruit, so that the world will know that the Father sent the Son. Because that is the purpose. That's the purpose of people getting married, so that, so that they can see how Christ loves the church in your marriage. That's the purpose of kingdom relationships we've been talking about. So they can see Christ in the earth in your relationships. That's what God, it has nothing to do, it, it doesn't go against any of His purpose. It all works together harmoniously. God said in the beginning, we have to subdue. We have to have dominion. We have to dress and keep what he's delivered to us. A, 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 all of his creation, which includes you. You have to keep your, keep your fleshy members under you have, to be, you have to be ready and prepared to be in his kingdom. Why? Because you can't get into a kingdom relationship if you're not ready, if you don't have the kingdom in you first. See, if there's somebody who ha- has the kingdom inside of them, and somebody who doesn't practice the kingdom of God, and they come together, we know what that's called. That's unequally yoked. Let me tell you, we, we, we've been talking weeks after weeks about how kingdom trends get started. I'm going to tell you how cycles get started. Cycles get started when somebody from the kingdom decides, you know what, I can go with somebody from the world. I can be unequally yoked. That's how cycles get started. Now, uh, we all know cycles, they they can start from unbelievers and unbelievers, but I'm talking about believers right now. Believers are like, but I'm a believer. How do I go through these cycles? Well, have you checked your, your dating relationships? See, that's the thing about it. And we've been learning weeks after weeks, relationships will make or break you. Relationships will make or break you. And the world says you can make a relationship or you can date with anybody that you have a relationship with. Like we said before, if you have somebody in your job, the world says date somebody from your job without you even finding out, are they a believer? Do they love God more than they love me and the things of this world? Will they cause me to compromise the standard that God has brought to me? See, the world will say you can date anybody. But we've been learning for the past few weeks that God wants us to have kingdom relationships. So, so what is kingdom is? The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I have to say this again today, because I said it a few weeks back with that, why he said it's not meat and drink, because meat and drinks refers to your appetites. Those things that get you going. Those things that'll get you up and get you moving. He said, but the kingdom of heaven is not about that. It's not about your appetites. And I want you to remember that, because we're going to talk a lot about appetites today but it's not the kingdom of heaven is not about your appetites it's not about me to drink but it's about what's right in God's eyes it's about being with God no matter what season you're in no matter what you think you should expect it's about staying with God and walking in the spirit allowing him to lead you allowing him to guide you in your relationships the way that you walk in your relationships the way that you talk in your relationships the way that you date he's there to guide you Uh, And it's so funny to me because, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier this week and I was like, I was talking about kingdom relationships. They said, it sounds like a club. I said, it is a kingdom club. I said, but here's the thing about the club. Everybody's invited. You just don't want to come in. That's the thing about the, God is not excluding anybody. God wants everybody to get it right. God doesn't want anybody to hurt. God, listen, the children's bread is healing. God wants everybody healed. God wants everybody restored. He doesn't want anybody to eat the bread of sorrows. So let's do a little bit more review here. Remember, we, we talked about what dating was and what date meant and what a relationship was and what the kingdom of God is. So we have to remember that if, if we're having kingdom relationships, then we can't, if you're not in the kingdom of God, you're not qualified to date biblically. You, you, what you're qualified to do is hurt somebody and yourself. Because a lot of people don't build their relationships off of righteousness. A lot of people don't build their relationships off of of peace. A lot of people don't build their relationships and and, and aren't led by the joy and the Holy Ghost. A lot of people are built up by their friends. You know, uh, Amnon had a friend, Jonadab. A lot of people listen to that. Uh, uh, Even though they have the right authority in their life, it's because Amnon had a desire. Remember, what we we keep going back. He had an appetite. Amnon had an appetite. That he couldn't fight against. That he wouldn't fight against. He had an ongoing appetite. And he knew exactly who to go to to help him get what his appetite wanted. It wasn't like, man, I have a problem. Who can I go to? No, man, I have an appetite for sex with my sister and I know who can help me get it. Because Amnon had a friend. I was was discussing this with uh, Minister Haston, and he brought up an interesting interesting point. Uh, Let me tell you something. Amnon and Jonadab, they were friends. This probably wasn't the first time that that a setup was done for Amnon. That's why Amnon went to Jonadab. He's done it before. It was just this serious this time because it was his sister. See, this wasn't something that Amnon just got up and did. Amnon, this, this was his friend. He was unequally yoked. So what does it mean to be unequally yoked? We went to 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, uh, we went to Corinthians, yes, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. And we said, do not be unequally yoked. And, and, and again, what that means is don't be joined together or don't be attached to or in communion or fellowship with something that is contrary to the spirit of God. Because when you spend time with it, when you come in agreement with it, you come in agreement with their thoughts and their processes and their ways. And you spend so much time with it, even though you're a believer, you spend so much time with it, and you, you don't even realize what the Spirit of God has left you, and you took on their ways, and now, uh, the only people that know that you're a believer are you and God. You go around, you go around other people, and they're like, what's up, we're going to do what we regularly do. And, you, and don't you say you're a believer, they're going to be like, what? A what? Okay, me too. Let's go do what we do. Right? Don't don't, don't play that game. That's unequally yoked. I mean, you, let me tell you something. When you're unequally yoked, you can only fool a, you, you can't fool God. Uh, you can only fool another believer. Because you can't fool the one that you're unequally yoked with. They're like, boy, I know you. What you mean? You can't fool God, and you can't fool the ones that you with. So don't try to play that game. When something comes up, you're unequally yoked, but then they do something that you don't like. And are like, ah, I don't do that type of stuff. They're like, stop. I know you. You know me, we are friends, we've been yoked. You're okay with the decisions that we make, even though they're not right with God. You're okay with the decisions that we make, even though they don't bring peace, even though that it separates you from God, because you're making a friend of the world. See, that's, that's the thing about the world. The world will bombard you with stuff. It'll bombard you with stuff, and God gives you the, he gives you the tools to fight against it, but then you bombard yourself. See, that's a friend of the world. The world's going to do it, but why do you have to add on to what the world is doing? Well, I'm going to hang out with them then too, because they believe what the world believes. I'm going to do this with them because they, they believe what the world believes. Now it's, that's making friends of the world. When you need to make a friend of God. See, you need to start hanging out with godly people, keen relationships, so then you can start doing what they do. You start washing your mind with the word and you've seen those things over and over. Then you'll start to say, oh wait, there's something different I can do. I need to start doing what they do. See, because that's all preparation for marriage. I'm telling you right now, if you do the things that the world tells you that you need to do for marriage, you will be divorced. You'll be stuck in a bad marriage, unequally yoked for the rest of your life. If you don't listen to God, I promise you, you listen. You can make all the money in the world, but without God there, it's no good. And let me, let me, let me help you out. This is just a side note. You cannot have sex till you get married, but if God, and then get married, but if God is not there, it's no good. Because God has some other things that you have to learn too. Let me help you with this. Marriage isn't, a, isn't about sex. It's not all about sex. That's why you gotta get some things in order before you get together. Because when you put yourself, marriage is a lifetime covenant. When you put yourself in that covenant, that means any issues and any stuff that I didn't deal with in, the, in, in before we got here, they're now yours. Now you're in it with me. Now they're your issues. Uh, let me tell you something. Having sex, not having sex outside of marriage and getting married and still not under God, that's still unequally yoked. If you're a believer and you're... And you're and this person you're dating is not a believer, but you're like, we're going to do it right. We didn't have sex before marriage. You're still unequally yoked. Listen, all bad views are not all on, only on sex outside of marriage. You're going to have problems with your finances. Problems with raising your children. You're going to have all types of problems. Because God is nowhere to be found. Because you made a friend of the world. And what they say. So like I said before, the picking of the people that hinder our walk with Christ comes from that close walk with the world, that close relationship with the world. And why do we make this, this close relationship with the world? Because like we said before, they'll give you a million answers for whatever question you have. But we, we, we pick this close relationship with the world and not with God because the world will give you the answer you want to hear. That's why we make friends with them. Give you, the Bible says every man is drawn away with his own lust and enticed. That's what I want to hear. Uh, it's meat and drink for me. I have an appetite for it. I don't want to hear nothing about putting my appetite down. I want to know how to appease that appetite. So I'll say it again. A believer must be very selective in who we date it'll affect your standard it'll affect your walk even if you think God has been with you from from the from the jump like we saw Samson God was with him God was with him from the jump but we saw from the jump he had a problem his parents, his father said Is there never a woman from our from my from from, from 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 listen there's never a woman from the body of Christ let me make it plain and clear to you and you can You can make an assumption. When he says it's never a woman, you can make an assumption that it's happened more than once already. So me personally, I said, okay, it's happened twice already. And this right here, that first instance, that was the third time. And then it happened two more times after that. We were witness to at least five times. And I know it's gone on more than that. Because he was drawn away and enticed with his own lust. He told Delilah he loved her. He didn't love Delilah. You know why? Because he was drawn away with his lust before Delilah. He loved his lust. Delilah was just the coward the, that broke the strong back. And like we saw with Delilah, she had, she had no love for him. He said it also, and then she, she used it to play against him. Well, if you love me, tell me what I need to know. Tell me the secret to your strength. She never told him she loved him because, let me tell you, the ways of this world and, 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 and this world, period, they, they don't love you. They, they're trying to do exactly what you're trying to do, get what they want. With their flesh. They're doing the exact same thing. And like I said before, Samson—listen, Samson, Samson was—he was penitent at the end. He—he uh, he died to self. He, he crucified at the end. But what? We're trying to build kinder relationships now. Because see, at the end, at the end of it all, then what? The life behind you is gone. Who can you minister to? Who—who who can you help fulfill the purpose of God with now? At the end of your days, when you have all this time. And it's not a lot, but you have time now to get it right. But you know how man is. We're so concerned with self. I have time right now to get it right for me. I want a husband. I want a wife. I want this. I want that. And God is saying, yeah, but you need self-control. You need balance. You need accountability. You need all that before you step into this. Or it's going to be a disaster. But nobody wants to hear that. We have our expectations set on God. We have our own appetites that we think God doesn't know about. You know, the creator, he doesn't know who we created. And it's all because we're unequally yoked. That's one of the reasons, and because of our lusts. So we got to this point last week, and I'm glad we're here now. We're going to see how we need to date. And the first thing that we saw is we need to date with accountability. That, that's, a, that's, that's a strong word nowadays. Because accountability nowadays, a lot of people talk about it, but not a lot of people walk in it. So let's look at this word accountability and see what, it's, what it means. Because accountability, the root word of that is account, right? You want to give an account about something. And so here's what I came up with, accountability. Accountability is to take account and be responsible or answerable for the decisions and actions you make in life. But responsible to who? Because we're talking about biblical dating. Responsible to God. So accountability is your commitment to God. It's your commitment to his people. And it's your commitment to his purpose. Because so let me tell you, when you're accountable... And you're going to stay on his purpose. If you're unaccountable, any little thing will pull you off. And it's real easy to get pulled off a purpose. So again, accountability is your commitment to God, his people, his standard, his purpose, his assignment for you. When you make yourself personally, uh, personal, personally accountable to God in these areas, that's when healing and restoration happens. That's when edification and building up happens. Because note, note what we said. Remember, we went to Psalm 127. Though children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Uh, uh, and, and since we are children, we get the chi- we, get, we get the children's bread, which is healing, which is restoration. So let's look at let's look at somebody who decided to be accountable to God, who had a chance not to be, but decided to be, and then we're going to look at the results in this person's life. And we mentioned her last week. Let's go to Ruth. Ruth chapter 1. And it's so amazing to me, as I read through Ruth, this has to be the millionth time, but as I read through Ruth again, I'm like, God... And then I I start looking at every instance in the Bible, God is like, I I want you to always see the relationships. I want you to always see how these relationships will guide you. Because... who you who you choose in these relationships, certain people that you choose to be with are totally trusting in God. And if they're trusting in God and you decide, you know what? That God is gonna be my God, because I've seen him. I've seen him in your life. When you decide that God is like I got something for you. Uh, not only that, because remember everything works according to his plan and his purpose, he says, You stay on purpose because I got something even greater down the road. Because let me let me give you a little glimpse. Ruth she was the mother of Obed, who was, the, who was the, 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 the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. You know the lineage of Christ. That, I'm talking about real restoration. I'm talking about real healing. See what you think about it. What if Ruth, what if Ruth decided not to go with with Naomi? Because remember, the line of Christ came through. It's all about relationships. It's all about who you choose to be with. It's one decision. And let me tell you, we're about to read it right now. Uh, 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 Naomi gives Ruth a a, a good excuse. You can go back. And it sounded good to one of them. And and it's funny because it it, it all boils down to you. You still have the choice. You have a choice to be a part of the plan. You have a choice to be on purpose with God. So Ruth, chapter 1. And I'm going to start at verse 9. Now, before I go there, let me just give you a little background here. Um, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah, you know, they're in the land of Moab. Um, and their husbands are there with them. Imelech, who is the husband of Naomi, and then her children, uh, Chilion and uh, Malon, her sons. They go there and they find them some wives, Ruth and Orpah. And, but while they're there, Imelech dies. And then not too shortly after that, both the other sons die. So at this point in verse 9, it's only Naomi and the two daughters left. Okay? Here's what we're gonna pick up. Oh, and let me, let me go ahead and give you another background as well. Naomi, I'm sorry, uh, Ruth and, uh, Orpah, they're Moabites. They're from outside the land of Israel. And let me tell you about the Moabites. They worshiped a God called Kanash. And it was just like every other God of the day. We, you know how we worship him? We worship with sexual sacrifices, prostitution. It was just the same thing. It was the exact same. Look it up. The Moabites didn't worship the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac. No, they didn't worship that. And the, the, the women in the land of the Moabites were known to be loose women. Uh, check it, It's in Leviticus. Check it up. Those women were known to be loose women. Uh, and let me tell you something. Though Ruth wasn't, Ruth knew this. This is where she was from. Orpah knew this. This is where she was from. So now we're going to pick it up at verse 9. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse eight. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to, to. I'm sorry. Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. So she's telling them, you know, your husbands are dead. It's time for you to return to your mother's houses here in, in Moab. You know, and and let me be. Okay. And. Let's see, verse 10. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 9. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up her voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there any, are there any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? See, that's an interesting question from me right there. Because that question right there... That would bother somebody who's not on the purpose of God. It really would. Uh, that'll bother somebody that has their own expectations and, 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 and expect, expecting something else from God than what God has for them. That'll bother somebody. I, I, I'm not saying you might run across this question, but there's, some, there's certain questions that can be asked you that'll bother you because you have certain expectations on God. Like, why do you need to date this person by yourself? That'll bother me. Because my expectations is when I see somebody, I can date them and then i let's go straight to this courting phase. Or let's go straight to this shacking up phase. But let me tell you, somebody had an expectation here because somebody is going to stay. And it, may, it sounded real good. See, that's the thing. And I'm not saying that Naomi is giving uh, worldly counsel. But the world will give you counsel that sounds real good to you. That will fit right into what you want to do. Oh, that sounds real good. It's real convenient. It's real easy. It doesn't require me to crucify anything. It doesn't require me to subdue or have dominion over anything. I'm going to do that. It doesn't require me to be accountable to that guy, because I know about that guy. So verse 12. Turn again, my daughters. This is Naomi. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till, the, till they were grown? Would you stay for them having husbands? Name my daughter. See, see right there? Let me tell you, let me tell you who had the ear right there. Orpah. He, she had Orpah's ear right there. She was saying everything Orpah was like, yeah, you right. It's gonna be too tough. It's gonna be too hard to do that. It, you, you right. It, it's, it's gonna be real easy just to go back to the Moabites and the things that we do. It's going to be real easy to... to, to and, and I'm not saying that I know this about Orpah, but it's going to be real easy for my flesh to be appeased. Don't get it twisted. I, I, I don't know this about Orpah, but I do know this about you. How do you know? Because God told me. Uh, you know why I got, You know how God told me? He said, examine yourself. Uh, listen, the things that when people get up here and teach, it's not that it, God deals with us first. He's talking about, listen, this is for you first. Cause not that I'm in certain type of relationships now, but he's talking about you need to learn from those other relationships back in the day. Cause there's still healing and restoration needed. There's still things that you that just you, you may not see it, but it's unseen work. There's still things that you're harboring inside from those uh, from from those unequally yoked relationships that you're bringing into certain relationships now. You better listen, or this thing will follow you all the ways, all the days of your life, just like Samson. And you look up, and you're in the same boat. Yeah, you had 20 years where you judged for God good and then next thing you back down in the slumps. Up and down with God. Off purpose, having to come back and God is here and now you're playing catch up out of breath. Can't keep up. So you resort back to doing what your flesh wants to. Flesh will make it easy for you. Let me tell you that. Flesh will make it real, real accommodating. I'm sorry, I need to get through this, roof. Ruth. So, let's go to verse 13 again. Would you tarry for them till they were, were grown? Would you stay for them having husbands? See, this, this is a good, I'm oh, sorry. She's making a good point. But what if Ruth went? You know, the line of death, the line of, what if Ruth went? Would the Bible be different? Let me say something. God knows what was going to happen, but I'm telling you, what if? She's making a good point. The world will make things sound so good. It'll fit. It'll line up with the way that you're walking, even though your walk is not with God. It'll line up with the way that, the things that you want. Would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having... Ask yourself these questions, right? Because then you'd be like, I'd be like Orpah. Ask yourself these questions. Nay, my daughters, for it grieves me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth claimed unto her. See, Orpah was like deuces. I have a quick kiss. I love you. But I'm going back to the ways of the Moabites. I'm going back to this land. I'm not leaving the, the, I'm not leaving the house of my kindred into a place where the Lord has set me. But Ruth realized something different. And I really wish, and I have to ask when we get to heaven, that I can hear a little bit about their life before. Because Ruth had something different. There's something else that she saw in in the life of the people that she was with. She saw a real God. Not Kanash of the Moabites that they worshipped sexually. No. She saw a real God. So let's see what happens here. Verse 16. And Ruth said, "Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. See, in that scripture, a lot of people think, she is so, she's made up her mind to be accountable to to Naomi for the rest of her life. No, she didn't. She made up her mind to be accountable to God. Because guess what? Naomi is God's person. He may, she made up her mind to be accountable to the people of God. In her mind, listen, those are the only people she knew that knew the God of Israel. Imelech, Naomi, Chilion, Malai. Those are the only people. She's from Moab. From, from Moab. But she, she had to have seen the goodness of the Lord. Because <laughs> she said, your, your God will be my God. Even though, look, there's challenges. All three of our husbands are dead. There's challenges. Listen, there's going to be times when you're going to want to, when your flesh says you want to do this, you want to do that, and there's challenges, but but guess what? Your God is my God. See, and when you say that, that means I'm in a relationship with a kingdom relationship. See, your God is my God. Your people should be my people. You know, the people that, that love God more than they love you, those are going to be my people. Those are going to be the people that I have relationships with. Those are going to be the people that I'm accountable to. She said, Your God is my God. Where thou diest, so will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also if aught but death part thee and me. She said, Until death, I'm there. I am committed. I am accountable to God and what he has for me. And let me tell you, we can read, let me read through Ruth. You're gonna see how she made herself accountable. Listen, even when they went, they went back to their land, and and you know they were out there. And they saw the they saw the people working in the and, and getting corn and thing. Ruth went to work. You know why? Because she said, "Well, even though I don't have a husband, I'm with God, and I'm trusting in God, and I'm not leaving this woman where I, listen where we came together around God. Why would I leave that? I'm not leaving her." I'm going to go to work. I'm not looking for another husband. I'm out here looking to see what God's going to do in my life. I'm out here doing what God has for me, and, and it's amazing. When she was out there doing what God, when she was out there doing that work, she was noticed by one of God's men, by a man named Boaz. Now, I'm. I, want y'all, I don't want y'all to get it twisted, right? A lot of people are like, "Well, if I leave the world alone, I'm gonna go get my bo ass." You got to do your part. That's why I'm telling you. And I, I don't have time to go into this, but Ruth went to work, and there's a whole—that's a whole other message. That's a whole other message. <laughs> message. But you got to do your part because Ruth was in this. Ruth was focused on being accountable to God and His people, not to her flesh. If she was being accountable to her flesh, she would have did what Orpah did. She would have went home, where she could find a husband, because, but she wasn't looking for it like Orpah was. All those things that Naomi said, it, it tickled Orpah's ears, because she was looking for that. And, 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 and Ruth said, no, I'm looking for God. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And God honored that. And then Boaz later, Boaz says, listen, Boaz says to the lady, he said, I trust you because you trust the Lord. Uh, I gotta find that. Where is it? Chapter two? Oh... Ruth chapter 2 I want to say it is verse Maybe verse Yes Actually I'm just going to read verse 8-12 through 12. Then said Boaz unto Ruth Here is thou not my daughter Go not to glean in another field Neither go from hence But abide here fast by my maidens let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? See, oh, okay. See, see, she's already in God's will, so she's already got God's protection out there. What she's doing. See that that's that, that's a ministry to you too. When you're out there doing something that you know is against God's will, know that you're out from under His protection. Know that any. And everything can and will happen. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you come out and you're like, oh, I'm pregnant. You're outside of God's will. Don't be surprised when that man or that woman you're with cheated on you, but you were having sex outside of marriage from the beginning. Don't be surprised when you fall into temptation because you're going out at all times of night by yourself with this person playing with fire. Outside of God's protection. Outside of God's will. No accountability. You don't need to be dating. And that's that's the reality of it. That's real. Verse 10. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? And she's talking to Boaz. Boaz that thou should take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It has fully been showed all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband. See, this goes back to that illustration I said about the car in the showroom. You don't have to put your hands on it. It was all shown to him beforehand. By who? By God. Somebody came and told him. Yeah, by God. He found out all he needed to know. How she treated her mother. How she was obedient to her mother. Her mother told her to go out there and guess what she did? As you say, I'm going. That's another message for you, parents. If you have children that, that just keep disobeying uh, and children, grown children who can't listen to their parents are not ready to date. Uh, that's That's real especially God-fearing parents, the ones that love God more than they love you. If you can't listen to them, you're not ready today because now you're listening to whoever, right? I, I, that, that never ceases to amaze me how people love to listen to people that they met a year ago but can't listen to their parents they know in their whole life. They'll change their whole life off of one year when your parents have been working with you from day one. but change your whole life and you know why? because it's the lust it that easily besets you you're ready to uproot your walk you're ready to change your walk so easily beset and got the word that, that's, you know we had a discussion with the youth I wasn't even going to go here but we had a discussion with the youth right and you know some of them were saying how you know we know the word. A lot of people know the word, you know. But some people still fall into certain things. And the question came up, why? Why would you still fall into something? And you know the word. You know the word says, if you put fire to your bosom, you're going to get burned. What does fire do? Listen, who in here, knows, who in here will go play with fire? Nobody. Let me, tell you about, let me tell you about fire. You pick it up and play with it, you will 100% get burned. And the Bible says it in Proverbs. And yet, we decide to disregard accountability. We decide to put ourselves in a situation when we're by while we're by ourselves, with the member of the opposite sex, and nowadays with the member of the same sex. See, that's, that's the thing about accountability. If you have homosexual problems as a believer, then you don't need to be alone with the same sex. Oh, that's called accountability. Especially if it's somebody that you like. That's called accountability. If you want to get rid of these issues, why would you put yourself in a position to get burned? Why would you? Let's, 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 let's make a date tonight. Uh, we're going to go see a late movie at 10. So that gets out at midnight. Uh, we're coming in. I'm going to go pick you up. So now somebody has to go home and drive somebody home. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what that is. That's making plans to sin. That's making plans to sin. That's not an accident. That is not no accident. You know, you know what planning accountability is? Okay, so this movie, we're already too late and it starts at 10? We can go see it tomorrow. We can go see it at 4 or 5 or 6 tomorrow. Um, we want to go out today by ourselves. because so We want to get to know each other better. Okay. Now, we just talked about playing with fire and getting burned, right? But if you say that you can be accountable, here's what you have to do. Because I'm going to tell you this. Here's my suggestion. Don't go by yourself. But if you say you can be accountable, here's what you need to do. First off, tell your parents. Have her tell her parents. Tell one of your godparent friends. Have her tell one of her godparent friends. Uh, have her godparent friend pick her up and drop her off. Have your godparent friend do the same thing and have them drop you off at home. Now here's the thing about that. See, this is why this don't really even matter because you're a grown adult and when they, when they drop you off, you can pick up that phone and go do what you want to do. But if you feel that that's what you want to do, if you feel that I can I can play with fire and not get burned, do every one of those steps. Have one of them call you too. You know, the people that you're being accountable to, your parents and your friends. I, I need you to call me and tell me when you get there. I don't have to check in like that. Oh, uh, wait a minute. I thought, you, I thought we were trying to change some things. I don't need to be accountable like that. Why? Why don't you want to be accountable like that? I'm telling you because you want to do the things that are meant to be inside covenant. Oh, I just want to kiss her. Yeah, that's meant to be inside covenant. Oh, I just want to rub her thigh. That's meant to be inside covenant. Why is that? Because those things lead to sex, which is meant for covenant alone. Kissing on the ear. Uh, Let me tell you something. Because now I'm getting into some of my later notes. We have to set boundaries if we're going to be accountable. You have to have boundaries on the way that you talk. Listen, you can't try to sexually entice a woman or a man with the way that you talk or look at them. Because that's meant for the covenant of marriage. That leads to sex. I can tell a woman she looks sexy. That has the word sexy. You tell her that you want to have sex with her. That's what you're telling her. You look sexy. You want to have sex with her? I can just rub her in the smaller back. You know that's right above her butt, right? Listen, I know the games, fellas, ladies. I know the games. God knows the games. You ain't fooling no. Listen, you ain't even fooling that girl. She knows the games, boys. You ain't women. You ain't fooling the men. They know the games. Everybody's caught up. Nobody wants to do what God wants to do. Seeing all types of things. Making sexual innuendo jokes like, oh, I'm just playing, I don't want to do that unless you want to. You see, the boundaries in the way that you talk. You got to talk to, listen, boundaries in the way that you talk to your friends. The way that you talk about women and, and guys the way that you talk about, uh, or ladies the way that you talk about men. You know, ooh, look at his body. Listen, you want to have sex with him. Listen, it's okay to admire a man's physique, but you know what I'm talking about. I wanna wash my face on those washboard abs. Listen, you wanna have sex with him. You wanna have sex with him. Ooh, look at his butt. So you, let me tell you something. You just pictured his butt without his pants on. Same thing, man. Don't play me. Don't play. can't say what you I'm going to tell you you can touch a you can touch a woman's heart you can touch a man's heart by the words that you use but touching of the heart like that is for covenant don't forget minister Stinson touched on covenant that's for covenant that's for a commitment and, and the funny part about it is if that's what you base your commitment on you say that about every girl every man out there so you ain't committed to nobody the next big butt that walks by and you discuss it with your homeboys boy look at that butt that's real and and it's funny too right because you think about man when I did these things that started all the way back in middle school right and you're still doing it because you've been unequally yoked. It's got to be something different. If the people you hang around don't motivate you to stay, to stay on purpose with Christ, you need to let them go. If you have somebody that you, boundaries on, on dating exclusively, listen, if you have somebody that keeps trying to get you by yourself, you got to let them go. You gotta let them go. Like I said, my suggestion is dating a group. And here's the thing about dating in groups: still, stuff still goes on. That's why you need to be in a group of believers. One that, hey, if they see y'all trying to pull over yourself, hey, hold on, hold on a second, homie. Y'all can't, uh-uh. Let's be real. Because I know what y'all are doing. Because, let me tell you, as believers, you know the Bible tells us that we need to confess our, confess our faults to each other. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that you have to wait till something's wrong and then be like, this is what I did wrong. Now that means I have a problem. I have an issue, my brother, my sister. And I need, I, I need to share that with you. You know why? Because when you say that to somebody who's in the kingdom, you know, practicing righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, they're going to pray for you. <laughs> uh, they're going to they're gonna challenge you when you do stuff like try to pull away in that group with somebody else. Come on back over here, bro. Let me talk to you. Now you know... And he won't put you in blast in front of everybody. Or she, he or she. I'm just talking, because I'm talking about my point of view. But he won't put you in front of blast in um, front of everybody. Because here's the deal accountability doesn't mean I'm responsible for your actions. I'm just reminding you, you have to be accountable to God. I'm just, because at the end of the day, after we go out with the group, you can pick up that phone and call that other person and do what you want to do. But you can't say that you ain't got God's word on it. So when you wake up and you feel like everything's going wrong in life and 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 only you and God know that he's still with you, then you know what happened. It's time to die to self. It's time to crucify your flesh. It's time to put those appetites other. See, because that's the thing about sex. When you have sex outside of marriage, there's the appetite. So you don't have an appetite for something that you haven't done. You don't have an appetite for pizza until you've ate it. And then when you start an appetite, see, that's what I'm talking about, being unequally yoked or, or corrupt communication spoils a good manner. Now that you have appetite, every other relationship you, you have now, you're looking for somebody to fulfill that appetite. It spoils you. And then you keep spoiling other people. No accountability. So when you're accountable to somebody, you need to be accountable to somebody that you're agreed with. Uh, I gave that illustration last week about my nephew trying to be in there and be accountable to me with the weights. But guess what? He may know what weights are, but he's not in agreement with me. He doesn't know how to pick them up properly. He doesn't know how to bend down and pick them up without hurting himself. He doesn't know how to do these things without putting myself in danger or himself. So even though he knows what weights is, doesn't mean that, that we're agreed. Just because somebody knows what sex is, doesn't mean that you're agreed. Just because somebody thinks they know what dating is doesn't mean that you're agreed. It just means that they agree with your flesh if it doesn't line up with what's right in God's eyes. So accountability goes way farther than just somebody saying, I'm going to be responsible for your actions or Are you going to. No, I'm going to be responsible to God. I have to answer to God. We, but we gotta remember, like I said, God put this body of believers together for a reason. You are never alone, never alone. Listen, yeah, I, but I dated a believer before, and they did me wrong. So let me let me let me put it to you like this: You said they did you wrong, right? First off, again. <laughs> And when I think of this, right, when I think of, oh, I dated a believer, they did me wrong. Nine times out of ten, did me wrong means they cheated on me, right? So we're back there again. That means you're not listening to what I said. Who and who are cheating on who? She's cheating on God because God says sex outside of marriage is meant for covenant. And now if she's doing that with anybody else, she's cheating on me and out of covenant. With who? Out of covenant with who? Who? She's not in covenant with you. That's why it's so important to communicate while you're dating. Especially as a believer. Uh, you have to tell people when you're dating as a believer, hey, especially if it's somebody that you're interested by themselves, or, or I don't mean dating by themselves, but you're interested in this particular person, you've got to tell them, hey, yeah, I am interested in you, but here's our boundaries. Here's our guidelines. I'm not going to go out with you by myself because I don't want to defile you. I don't want to put myself in a position to. See, that's weird. That's real. And it's weird. You know why it's weird? Because we used to doing it the world's way. It feels weird, right? When we start communicating. Communication is weird. That even sounds weird, right? Listen, here's the standard. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to be out past this time of night. Listen, I have to be accountable to this person. You have to be accountable to that person. We're not going to be alone by ourselves. If you're in this point, listen, you have to know yourself, too. That's why you, not only the Bible says confess our sins to, to one another, but our faults. But it says confess confess them to God. It's not the God that doesn't know. God wants you to hear him. You need to know yourself. So that means, hey, th- that means you. If you can't give yourself five minutes to be alone with it, then don't. Like I said, schedule accountability. Accountability takes planning, and planning is always wise. Planning is always wise. You know why? Because any anything that comes up. You already have a contingency. Like I said, you plan, uh, well, this person's going to drop me off and I'm accountable to them. But I have a backup, my parents too. If you're going to do the love, because my, my counsel is going to group. Now, we haven't got to courting yet. I'm saying my counsel. I'm not saying it's wrong one way or the other. My counsel, going to group. Now, ask yourself this question. Why do I want to be alone with them? Uh, seriously ask yourself that question. Why do I want to get alone with them? Because let me tell you, when you tell somebody you want to take them out alone, they already start thinking. They already start getting the butterflies, especially if they're like you. What do they want from me? Do they want to have sex? That's how one night stands happen so much. <laughs> That's how marriages, no good marriages end like that. That's how oops happens, and then oops again, and then three months, oops again. That's how it happens. And I have been out of time. So next week we'll finish up on accountability and how we date. And then we'll go into courting and we should finish up. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.